0: the Eurovision Song Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, depending on where you are in this glorious, chaotic, actually quite depressing at the moment world. Um, welcome back to Douze Poire. What a way to launch the episode.
1: <laughs> oh, wow. And it was like, if you go back and watch the tape, you can see the moment that the energy is sucked out of the room.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, my name is Jack. This is my darling co-host Liz and we're back for another week of Eurovision Forever. What's up Lizzie? Oh
1: uh, my lord, can I just say it's very appropriate. We uh, record in Adelaide in South Australia. Everyone knows us of course, such a hot, sunny, beautiful country. Not today. It is rainy. It is overcast. It is miserable. There is nothing but grey skies and foggy breath and rain as far as the eye can see. And you know what? It's if the universe knows what we're talking about this week.
0: <laughs> He's so, you've been building up hatefully so long towards towards this country, but it is the United Kingdom at the Eurovision Song Contest that we'll be getting into in a little bit. Are you Um, saying
1: that the reason it rains in England all the time is because God has seen Gemini and has wept ever (laughs) since?
0: Yeah, because right up until 2003, Britain was known for its fabulous beaches and sunny, (laughs) glorious weather. That's when it changed for Britain. I'm
1: not saying saying that Gemini caused COVID, but I'm not saying that they didn't.
0: (laughs) Well, we'll get to Gemini down the road, but we're going to start tonight and we're not going to pick up yet because we've got to do a little bit of chatting. Sounds formal. uh, We will be starting in 1957 tonight and it's important to just tell you a little bit about the UK. So they've entered Eurovision 64 times and they have made every single final, which shouldn't be a thing that you have to say for (laughs) the big five countries, but then Germany's been to every Eurovision and hasn't made every final. So you kind of... Have caveats on it, I guess. They have made the top 10 on 42 occasions, 30 top fives, 24 podium finishes. Now we just got out of Yugoslavia. They had a single podium finish. Yep. The United Kingdom has had 24 top three finishes, including, including something, a, just a data point that changed this year, mm. 16 second place finishes at Eurovision, five winners, but this is the bit Liz will love. Five last places and two null poise. They've only ever missed two contests ever, and they're the only country to have been to every single contest final since 1959. That's a big one. This is a big one. I don't think you can understand it. Ireland may have the most wins, but it's it's been a very successful contest for the British. Well,
1: it used to be. Uh, A (laughs) lot like colonizing the world they used to have a lot of success but not so much anymore um just like their performances at Eurovision um they showed up everywhere whether they were wanted or not um they did have some glory but is it very much all in the past
0: that's what we got to establish over these coming weeks is it all in the past one thing I think that we talked about with Ukraine is that The UK really started bombing out at Eurovision at around 2003, which is the year Ukraine started. So maybe the UK from Ukraine started taking votes from the UK, UK. um, And like you could only vote for one country with a UK involved in the start of the country and everyone was like, Ukraine it is. But also- Wow,
1: you know what? You could run for you could run for British politics with that kind of clutching at straws. <laughs> you should be a member of parliament by the end of the week.
0: Well, the other thing is, as we know, 2003 was your first Eurovision. So your entire knowledge of the UK, probably up until recently, has really been them doing- Pretty poorly.
1: Yes. Well, remember, we're actually, we're only going up to the year, uh, what year are we going up to?
0: 2019.
1: Yeah, exactly. So nothing good.
0: (laughs) The good news for our British audience, who are probably very close to, one, tuning out at this point, and two, invading, is, again, (laughs) is (laughs) that we are going to relive the glory days of the UK at Eurovision uh, Mm. for a while here, at least for the first few episodes. But it's important that we get a little grasp on the country we're talking about. So Liz, mm. tell us about the UK. Well,
1: look, I'm not saying that the UK is awful at Eurovision. But <laughs> our country, Australia, a lot of the <laughs> a lot of the people that were sent here were essentially what the British considered to be the worst and scummy bits of their population that we had, i.e. poor or Irish. Or poor and
0: Irish. Not that not we're not calling the Irish coming in. No, no, no. The table. English We're, did, we're the saying, English. Yeah, okay, we'll go with that. That'll be fine. That's fine.
1: <laughs> and so they got shipped over here because basically what was your crime? You were poor. You were Irish. Like you were disadvantaged. <laughs> so exactly. basically they sent what they thought was the worst of their population to Australia. Um, And now, what, 200 years later, we've put on a frock and we've come back. And we're still better at Eurovision than the (laughs) UK. There I said it.
0: It's probably because of all those Irish ancestors we have.
1: Yeah, th- oh, we can do a jig. Doo, 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 doo. Yeah,
0: river dance. <laughs> Johnny Logan, after all, born and raised, well born at least in Victoria.
1: Exactly, exactly. Are oh, we claim him 100% he's ours. He's he ours. Oh, my lord, what can we say about the UK? The UK has given us so many things we love, none of them food related. <laughs> They've, what have they given us? UK, it's given us pictures of an old lady on stamps.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, one hell of a fancy, like, dream luxe listing house. Who doesn't want to live in Buckingham
0: Palace? Me. It's a bit stuffy for my taste. I don't like gilded things and portraits of old dead people.
1: <gasps> I thought if anybody would have had, like, gilded everything. I thought if anyone was going to have a gilded toilet, it would have been you.
0: No, I think it's Donald Trump if anyone was going to have a gilded toilet, but I. That's the
1: FBI. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Good timely joke. I like that one. Oh, the UK has, give, has given us um, so much. Yes, they've taken so much away, usually to the English Museum of Antiquities, but we won't talk about that. Um, they have given us other things, they've given us the James Bond franchise.
0: Monty Python.
1: Monty Python. I can heal all the nerdy boys excited. Uh they they led the way in the seventies of inappropriate uh humour of yes. balding men chasing around very attractive women in short skirts who had a problem with their clothing falling off. I'm referring to Benny Hill.
0: You are definitely referring to Benny Hill. I don't think that needed clarification. <laughs>
1: Oh my lord. And of course now the thing to understand is the United Kingdom. It's not just England.
0: You are the only one that needs to understand that, I think. I think everyone else gets it.
1: A lot of the time it looks very there's a well because there's a lot of England on the stage. I'm just saying I haven't seen a lot of like throaty Welsh choirs. On the Eurovision <laughs> stage. So. But, of course, um, you know, it's the United Kingdom. So we've got England, we've got Scotland, we've got Wales, we've got Ireland. Um,
0: oh, well, oh, be careful. Northern Ireland. We have Northern Ireland.
1: Northern Ireland, sorry. So they're all, like, jammed together whether they want to be or not. And I think for very many years this could have been why they've been fighting for independence, because they don't want to be blamed for Gemini. And who can blame them? Yeah. <laughs> Here's an interesting bit. Okay, the, the crowd favourite, the crowd hushes as we get to the pinnacle moment, okay? What do you think the population of the UK
0: is? All together, collectively.
1: Yeah, as in one united kingdom.
0: Okay, well, let's work, let's go big picture here. Russia has a hundred and something million people. Then Germany has 80 million people. Then it's the UK and France on the population list in Europe, I think. And one's slightly bigger than the other, but I don't think it's close to 80 million. I'm going to say something like 65 million people.
1: Wow. I'm
0: wrong, aren't I?
1: Wow. It's like you're our own very Gemini. You just don't get it. You're out of step. (laughs) <laughs> no, oh my lord, it's getting up it's almost sixty-eight million.
0: You never will give me credit for not missing it by too much, will you? But you're like
1: three million out! That's huge. Well That's like London! Right. You've just completely discarded. No, London. London's so much bigger than three million people.
0: <laughs> Melbourne has five million people. London's definitely bigger than Oh, Alright, it's like it. a, it's
1: like a train on the tube. You've just discarded a whole train <laughs> on <from> the tube. <laughs> Nearly sixty-eight point million. That's that blows my mind because when you look at the UK on the map, it's not that big. Pretty small. Mm-mm. And what always makes me laugh is when you have those, you know, they have those shows where they're like, "Oh, you know, I'm a I'm a butterfly collector and I sell stamps and we want to buy a three million dollar home in Devon." And you go, you know, they show them the different houses of what they can buy. And you go there and in England, they're like, oh, look at this lounge room. It's so spacious. You and I, because I think it's for size of houses in the world. America has the biggest, obviously. Of course. Um, And we, well, before we started subdividing, we're actually pretty up there. So in, in the UK, when they describe a really large living room, you and I are looking at it and you're like, is that a closet? A broom closet.
0: Yeah, like they're tiny.
1: Is is that a room for my cat's hats? Like, (laughs) and they're like, we'll have the whole family in here, and you're like, what? A family of mice?
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's not a big country.
1: Yeah, how it always spins me out when we look at like European houses and we forget just like how tiny your houses are. Like, oh my god. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Whole different universe, almost weirdly enough.
1: Yeah. almost. all just all packed in. I don't know how I don't know how people in Europe have things because where do you put them? There's no room in your house.
0: That's why you you send them to Australia. <laughs> That's where they've always put their things. They've sent them down here. Uh, oh my lord, can I say
1: there are a few European things I've seen over the years can get down here and get, oh, in, get like. in my spare room. Whoop,
0: whoop. Yeah, there's a good few English uh things, British things in fact that I would I would love um to um, <gasps> tour Australia. Have you heard? Rumors are
1: surfacing again. They were they were cut down. They've been cut down before, but now r- new rumors have resurfaced that they've approached Henry Cavill to play James Bond.
0: <gasps> Whatever happened to Idris Elba playing Bond? I thought that was like locked in. Oh,
1: not well. Only by my pants. Um.
0: Well, yes. <laughs> the ultimate casting director in town.
1: Yes. No. That was bandied about. Uh, that one seems to have been abandoned um, and they are now rediscussing with Henry Cavill because obviously this whole recasting has taken so long. I know.
0: <sighs> oh, well, we'll see.
1: Oh, my God. Can you imagine, though, Henry Cavill, like, <sighs>
0: <sighs> <sighs> I sent you that meme of him drunk, right? No One Looks Good Drunk, and then Henry Cavill.
1: Yeah, I know. And you know what? He was drunk. He was probably fixing a computer and helping a homeless woman at the same time. Damn you!
0: I think we're (laughs) off track, so let's get onto it on that note. Oh, I'd get on his track. We are picking up for the first episode, the first entry the UK ever sent in 1957 with Patricia Breeden with the song All... Finishing seventh. Two from Switzerland, one's from Austria, Belgium, Luxembourg, and the Netherlands. This is this was, I should say, the shortest song in Eurovision history until oh. 2015, hmm. which was obviously Finland, I think we all remember, uh, and it was followed on the night by Italy, who sent the longest song in Eurovision history. What are the odds? I know! <laughs> when you don't have rules in place, anything's possible, I guess. What do you think of this one?
1: You know what? I think this is a sweet simple and effective song. I will... You know what? I think my points are going to be a little bit too generous because I watched a bit of the worst of the UK at Eurovision before <laughs> watching these, so I think everything has been accidentally marked up. But, no, this is sweet. It's simple. This is this is effective. This is refreshing. Five across the board.
0: You know what? Any score from you above a two for the UK is actually a quite a generous... Yeah. <laughs> generous one for you opera is not the uk's strength so like no wonder they only kind of sent it once uh she looks nice obviously this is the second contest so Mm. the uk has already missed one contest they can never say they've been to them all uh she looks nice but this doesn't really grab me it sort of annoys me a bit and i don't know why oh you're not a fan of the opera are you like no unless romania sends it i'm not there for it Mm, okay i get that yeah uh, song four, performance five, fashion a five, for 14 for me, Ooh. 29 between us. Now, in 1958, the BBC actually couldn't get an agreement with, quote, various artistic unions. And so they withdrew from the third contest. But this was 1958. This was the last time the UK was not at Eurovision. That's some dedication. Oh, Regardless of how well they've done, yeah, and they've
1: done pretty well. There were a few times in the 2000s I wish the unions couldn't have come to an, <laughs> an agreement. and We could have
0: <laughs> shut that shit down before it happened. Look, we'll get there when we get there. Stop muddying the water. <laughs> 1959, Pearl Carr and Teddy Johnson with the song Sing Little Birdie. Sing Little Birdie, sing, sing little this song, birdie. sing Little Birdie. Oh, da, da. And they finished second. This is going to be a thing for them. Five from the Netherlands, three from Switzerland, and twos from Austria, Belgium, and Monaco. And like I said, the first of their seemingly endless runs as Eurovision's Bridesmaid. What did you think?
1: Oh, my Lord. Look, it is something like a carry-on film. Just when you think... You can't get any more from this performance. You think you've seen it all. He pulls out a puppet from God knows where. <laughs> is does. this the first puppet at Eurovision? I think it is. God, I wish it was the last. But I'm pretty sure it's the first puppet
0: on the Eurovision stage. Do you remember that puppet from Switzerland? The clown that was like... the No, the puppetry. I think it was Peter, Sue and Mark. And oh. It was a little... Oh, anyway, this is a much better puppet. With
1: the devil. I don't think of that as a puppet. I just thought of that as a devil. I was thinking of Dustin the turkey, but...
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah, I forgot about Dustin, of course. Uh, it's almost sickly sweet, and I think in a very irritating stop-looking-around-for-the-fake-bird kind of way, like wait till the puppet gets there, then you can be like, oh, there's a bird, but beforehand be like, sing, little birdie, where is the birdie? Oh, oh, revolutionary television, Oh, my you God, know? this is the
1: 50s. This is like Hollywood, like, master <laughs> magic. You know, people would buy tickets to this thing. Oh, my God, you know, on a little side note, do you know they actually are a husband and wife duo? Yes, I did. They were married in 1955, and get ready for your oh! They actually remained married for 63 years. He died in 2018, age 98. She died in 2020, age 98. You go, girl! Equality.
0: Well, you you stole the closing of my review for this one, but. Oh. I'm glad it's out there either way. The song, to be fair, it's very saccharine, but I do appreciate their dedication to that bird puppet. Like, they've got balls to commit, like, to that. Oh, 100%. And, and acts like, straight out of a say no to drugs PSA. It just feels so forced. But they did win me over. They did win me over. And I'll leave out that fun little fact that you beat me to. Uh, song five, performance gets a seven. As weird and off-putting as it was for me, I, did, I appreciated their effort. And fashion gets a five for a 17.
1: Oh, well, well, see, no, for, for me, this is peak 50s. If you're not singing to an imaginary bird puppet, are you even performing? That's what I have to say. <laughs> I, think, I think they have just nailed the creepy effect. And like I said, the commitment to watching imaginary, I'm not tripping balls, birds in the sky is amazing. I've actually given them 7.5 across the
0: board. That is a 22.5 from you. And a 39 and a half from both of us. So good, solid recovery after their first entry which takes us to 1960 Brian Johnson with the song looking high 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 high, high. looking low 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 uh which again finished second five points from Luxembourg and the Netherlands four from Switzerland and three from Austria very very similar vibe in my books to 1959 but also very Mary Poppins-esque which I guess 1959 was as well what did you think
1: the reason it could be very similar is because Brian Johnson is actually the brother of Teddy Johnson, who performed the year before. I didn't know that. And oh my lord, you know what? Thank God for that family at Christmas time that they both came second. How awkward would that have been <laughs> for every Christmas dinner
0: ever? <laughs> Imagine a Christmas nineteen fifty-nine. Well, Brian, you know. I've done pretty well at Eurovision. I guess I'll be the superior brother for the next year. Yeah. And, like, bloody, you know, Brian's like, oh, I'm going to get you. I'm going to one-up you. Ah. And then shows up next year like, never mind. Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> Carry on. You may half the turkey. old oh, chap. He does look very dapper, right? Like, UK oh, entries yes. don't. There's this veil of early Eurovision before the language rule was abolished mm. where you kind of can get caught up in the 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 mysteriousness of a foreign song like you don't quite know what it's about all the time Mm -hmm. and that hits you one way in a positive way but also it's harder to connect to I think the lyrics sometime Mm. and the UK being able to send as well as Ireland and Malta always being able to send something in English I think has has changed how I can relate to the songs a bit I don't know whether it's like I don't know. I kind of I kind of understand the songs more so it changes how you look at it. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. I just kind of get this one from the get-go mm-hmm. because I understand every word of the song. Are you saying you you get the songs more
1: because you get the language? You actually get what they're saying?
0: Have I just overcomplicated that very simple sentence? Yes. Is that they speak English, I speak English is good. I was trying <laughs> To make a point in more poetic, t- it doesn't matter. Strong voice, fine song, very dapper looking. Song five, performance five, fashion, a seven for a 17. Same score I gave his brother. <laughs> Ooh. Uh,
1: look, this, is, I, this is peak UK. Like pe- the UK at this age, they really understand and every song is a little play. That three minutes, it's not just three minutes. It is a performance. It's a play within a song. He has a great voice. He looks fabulous. You know what? I'm going to cause some controversy. Maybe. Because you know I gave his brother 7.5s across the board. I give Brian song 7.5. Performance
0: 7.5. Fashion Oh wow, playing favorites on a twenty-three, which means thirty-nine point five for Teddy. Uh-huh. But Brian gets a forty. Ooh. <laughs> <So they're... laughs>
1: Who's cutting the tur the vegan turkey now? <laughs>
0: Congratulations to both Johnson brothers for their very good scores. And in 1961, it takes us to the Allisons with Are You Sure? And you are not going to believe this, Lizzie, but they finished second at the Eurovision Song Contest. What? I know, crazy. Eight from Luxembourg, seven from Switzerland, and threes from the Netherlands and Belgium. I do love a good acapella harmony. Like, this is the first entry that I've really been like, that is a really good song. There's not like oh, wow, you're really delivering on the performance. You look nice. This is like, that's a good song.
1: Well, what I find weird is when I watched this performance, I actually thought they were like 12 and 15. According to the <laughs> internet, they were like, what were they? They were like 20 and 22. What the hell? Mm,
0: baby faces, right?
1: Oh, my Lord. What I also think is hilarious is they were actually promoted as brothers, but Scandal, they weren't. <gasps> that's a little bit of.
0: Controversy, controversy, controversy. Any excuse to play that intro? Any excuse?
1: That's why they were called the Allisons. Neither of their last name was Allison, but someone went, hey, you know what? We're going to brand <laughs> them as brothers and put them together and give them a girl's name. Um, and thus became the Allisons. Uh, that's crazy.
0: I did not know they were fake brothers.
1: They were fake brothers. This song actually went on to sell over one million copies yeah. This is back in the day, so that's huge. But it was their only real hit. They tried, you know, releasing a couple of more songs. Nothing made any kind of impact, anything remotely like this. So they actually, the brothers disbanded in 1963. So two years later, they were...
0: The Allisons were no more. Yeah. You know, I actually, I very happily listen to this song now, though I don't think it would work. Too well now, like smooshed between fuego and slow-mo. I don't think it would quite run the same way, but that's the nature of the contest. Uh That's the nature of music. It comes and it goes. Great voice work, nice suits, perfect for its era. I am a fan. Song eight, performance five, fashion a seven for a 20 from me.
1: Yeah, listen, like, you know, this is um, upbeat and, you know, in, in contests where there's nothing but ballads, that certainly is appreciated. But. But this wasn't, uh, it doesn't strike as many bells as some of the other entries did for me. So I gave the song seven performance five. They just look so nervous. Fashion <laughs> gets a 7.5.
0: That is a 19.5 from you. Plus my 20 is a 39 and a half. So falling just short of our current record holder. 1962 is where we venture next with Ronnie Carroll with the song, ring it in girl finishing fourth. Oh, what a what a shameful finish fourth at Eurovision! Terrible, actually, to date, well, to the date of this entry, their second lowest ever performance. So,
1: oh, the shame, shame,
0: shame! Now this one got three from Finland, two from Denmark, Switzerland, and Yugoslavia, and uno punto from Spain. Um, You like literally, Ronnie fourth. You might as well emigrate honestly you can't even show your face in London ever again but what a good looking exile he is what a good looking man Ronnie Carroll was
1: oh my lord well you know what speaking of not being able to show your face in the country oh before we even look at the the song have did you look do you know the life of Ronnie Carroll how is this not a movie no i didn't i didn't oh, i didn't look oh my god his actual life is like is like more dramatic uh than a soap opera, you know. He went on. He met his first his first wife, um in the in the theater. Millicent. They married in Barbados in 1958. Oh, that would have been like being on the set of a James Bond film. Honestly, can you imagine Absolutely. what that would have been like? Oh, the tuxedos, the cocktails. Oh, the exploitation of minority workers. Um, they. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> That's what the fifties was. Um. Uh. So they were married until 1969, when his company, Ronnie Carroll Productions, went into liquidation after a petition, basically from the tax department. Um. He couldn't pay it back because he had recently suffered gambling losses of 170 thousand pounds. Far out in gambling. So he went off, found another lady, an Olympic runner. They got married in 1970. And you know where they went to? Barbados. Gren- I never know whether to say Grenada or Granada.
0: Granada. I always say Granada. Grenada.
1: Ah, Granada. Okay.
0: Um, or if you're American, you say Grenada.
1: Grenada. Uh, so they went there. They ran a nightclub, which, woo, was a huge success until there was a revolution and those involved in the revolution dug up the airport so no tourists could come in.
0: <laughs> and his... Do you know what, though? That is like the simplest, most genius thing I've ever heard. I know. Pauline Hansen is going to run out with a shovel yeah, after just, hearing uh, this episode. Uh, 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 destroy all the docks. <laughs> yeah, so boats can arrive. Oh, my God. God. So then
1: they dug up the airport. So then his business, which catered, Um, you know, to overseas tourists, couldn't make any money and it went bankrupt. And then his second wife to the Olympic runner, that ended as well. So then he went on and married his third wife. Good God. A South African woman called Glenda. And he went bankrupt again and he ended up... (laughs) running a food stall in Camden Market to pay the bills. He lived his last years in Hampstead, which is in North London, and he was a regular caller to radio phone-in shows. He died in London at age 80. Wow, what a life. In 2015. I know, like, Actual like cocaine fueled nightclubs
0: in Grenada and revolutions. Hang on, how did he get off Grenada? What <laughs> wasn't my plane? <laughs> you know what's what? the real question? <laughs> you know what? Maybe
1: that's why he got divorced. Maybe he just like it was. You know, it was the seventies. Equality hadn't been invented. He probably just rode his wife used to yeah. like a flotation <laughs> device. That's why they got divorced. Put that in your movie if you dare.
0: Yeah, there you go, Ben Affleck. There's Argo Part Two, the Johnny Carroll story, Ronnie Carroll story.
1: (laughs) You can't make that up. You can't make that kind of life up. Like,
0: what? Who would make that up?
1: me think my whole life has been wasted and that you and i we need to like move to some we need to move to fiji start up some drug-fueled 70s eurovision themed disco and just live our best life until the revolution happens
0: and the uh, airport is gone
1: yes yes and then you could ride me like a flotation device
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh poor choice of words i think this one Beyond Ronnie's actual life, back to this his entry, another very coyishly sweet one from the UK, but I like it. It works. It's fun, if, if a little bit stupid lyrically, mm. um, but but it works. And another weird facet of Ronnie Carroll's life, I guess. Yeah. Song six, performance six, fashion a seven for a nineteen.
1: Yeah, like the, the song is as catchy as hell. I think this. The performance elements suffered a bit much in this one. There isn't, like, the puppets and the magistrate that was in previous years, but the song is catchy. Song gets a seven. Performance and fashion
0: both get fives. For a 17 from you and a 36 between us, which takes us to 1963. And, oh, I wonder if you could tell me this guy's life story. His name is Ronnie Carroll. I I don't know. I don't know if he's ever been to Granada. Say Wonderful Things, which, again finished fourth, five from Norway and Spain, three from Denmark, Finland, France, the Netherlands and Yugoslavia, and twos from Sweden and a one from Monaco. A second chance for Ronnie, and he still shamefully, embarrassingly only lands in fourth place. He's never going to live this down. Not in Britain. (laughs) Not in Britain. Maybe Granada. Maybe Granada. They'll forget about it. It's very unique staging, this one. It's almost music video-esque.
1: Yes. What did you think? Yeah, that's what I love about this one. They have really gone for it, for the stage performance. Whereas the year before, I don't really feel there was anything. This year, they have really knuckled down. Oh, and my favourite bit is at the very ending, where you come into the close-up shot of him, and then you pull back, and the three women, which had been at the side of him, are now all strategically placed behind him, I Mm -hmm. think. That is amazing, and we are back to turning it, the production, into a play. I think it has some ahead of its time performance value. What they've done with these three ladies, um, it's it's really understanding that the screen is that picture is an artwork. And they have really nailed it on this one. Look, not a real fan on this song compared to the others. But, you know, I, I love the performance of the stage production.
0: I agree. I think Ring-A-Ding Girl was a better song. Mm-hmm. There is an Elvis-like vibe to this one. Mm-hmm. And I think I briefly heard a ukulele, which I wasn't like. I was like, uh, what? okay, <laughs> cool. He probably brought it back from Grenada with him. Um, it's pretty by the book. It's inoffensive. Song four, performance six, fashion a five for a fifteen. And yes, everyone out there, I know I've repeatedly changed between saying Grenada and Grenada. I hear it as well. I'm not going back to re-record the word Grenada or <laughs> Grenada. Just live with it. We're giving you the option to figure out which one you like more. <laughs> uh, 15 from me. What about you?
1: I love it. We're going to go back in like the stats and we're going to see this is the moment that everybody switches off. They're <laughs> just like, I will not take you disrespecting my country in this way. Um.
0: <laughs> we're going to lose that massive Grenadine audience.
1: I know. Oh, is
0: Grenadian? That... No, that's another thing.
1: Is that where that alcohol comes from? Grenadine?
0: I guess so. Or oh, is that from St. Vincent and the Grenadines, which is another country not too far away?
1: Oh, you know what? If you brew a green alcoholic beverage, if you'd like to get
0: in contact with us and set us straight,
1: um, hit us or up on our get socials. an advertising
0: contract going.
1: Yeah, even better.
0: <laughs> DM us. Yeah, what'd you give this one?
1: Uh, I gave the song, a six performance, and fashion both get seven point five.
0: That's a twenty-one from you, which weirdly is more than you gave Ronnie the year before, <laughs> and a thirty-six between the pair of us again. Now, 1964 was a man called Matt Monroe with the song I Love the Little Things. I've never said that to a man. Finished second, five from Norway and Switzerland, three from Finland, and one from Austria, France, Germany, and the Netherlands. And the Bloody Danes lost the footage. I'm not even going to sugarcoat it anymore. I'm not even going to be polite about it. Bloody Danes lost the footage. Uh, second, but it only had a third of the points of the victorious Giliola Cinquetta from Italy. Um, what did you think? Oh my
1: lord, everyone run around the room, scream, get excited, get hysterical. Do you realise we have singing royalty in the room at Eurovision this year?
0: It's Matt Munro! Please elaborate because I... From the UK, with
1: love, I fly to you. That's right. An actual singer of a James Bond theme song from Russia with Love actually released the year before, gracing the Eurovision stage. This is so exciting to me. I love I love
0: him so much. I love his voice. I didn't make that connection. I don't know how I missed that because I love Bond themes.
1: Yeah, this it's, it's from Russia with Love. But and that's what I find so crazy about this song. I can't believe this is the one time where you should drop like a full on ballad, but they didn't. Who gets Matt Munro and doesn't go full ballad,
0: full drama? Yeah, I guess the BBC is the person (laughs) you'll have to talk to, the organisation you'll have to talk to. I kind of feel like in this early era, all the British Eurovision entries sort of sound the same with different performance elements more or less they're in the mm. same vein but i mean i can't really get mad because at least the uk in this era is doing all of this different stuff while everyone else is sending a bloody. Chanson yeah. in French. Yeah. So I can't get mad at it because it's exactly a different thing that I wanted. I just don't think this would have been my runner-up that year. Straight fives. Got to pass. It's decent. The British are sending decent stuff, but not my runner-up.
1: 100% this is not my uh, runner-up as well. How is this not first place? This is eights across <laughs> the board. This is Matt Monroe.
0: It's a 24 from you and a 39 again between the pair of us. Do you know what's going to be amazing? Mm. You may rain hate down on the UK for the three years we've been doing this. Because they suck. But if at the last second <laughs> you pass the UK in total because you loved the early stuff so much, I'll be floored. Well, if It'll they, be crazy.
1: if they keep, pilling, you know, bringing out, oh, my God, if there is a secret Shirley Bassey banger that I don't know about, I will lose <laughs> my shit.
0: I can't give you Shirley Bassey damn it! But I can give you 1965 And I can give you Kathy Kirby With I Belong Finishing second And of course My favourite Maybe my favourite story In the history of Eurovision <laughs> It's time for a little bit of Controversy, controversy, controversy That's right There is a little bit of controversy In that she decked France goal That's it That's the controversy You've heard it before <laughs> She went backstage, got upset, she came second and decked France's goal. <laughs> and again, Iconic.
1: My favourite part of this is every time we retell the story, the violence increases. It's, Escalates, yeah. It, it started with a slight snubbing and then, <laughs> then it became like a hanky across the face and then it became a closed hand. Eventually it will be an assault rifle. <laughs> it
0: will literally be a beheading backstage at Eurovision or something like that. Yeah, no, that was it that's literally it. I actually love this song. 6 from Belgium, 5 from Denmark, Spain and Switzerland and a 3 from Sweden. It's a weird way to open a song with the chorus. Uh-huh. I guess it worked for Ukraine this year. It obviously worked for the UK back in 1965. But this is my favorite early UK entry. It's a bop. It's less annoyingly saccharine than the other ones. She looks great. Gorgeous dress and a tremendous voice. And I hear she throws a decent fist. Like, what's not to love? (laughs) What do you think? Absolutely. Like, this was the Beyonce
1: banger of its day. Like, absolutely. Uh, So I have actually, I've given the uh, song eight, performance
0: 7.5, fashion and eight. That's a 23 and a half from you. I have given the song and I love this song. I'm giving it a 10, it a 10. It a 10. Woo! That's only for song. <laughs> Performance gets a 7. Fashion gets a 9. Sorry, Alexandra, if I threw you off there. That, uh, four. our new favourite, a 49.5. And don't ever accuse us of only giving Kathy Kirby a high score because we're afraid of her. <laughs> we are, but she also deserves it for the song. 1966 was Kenneth McKellar. With a song called A Man Without Love, and it finished ninth. Five from Ireland, three from Luxembourg. Ninth! Ninth! A national outrage. Ronnie Carroll will be brought home from Granada, and Kenneth will be banished to Grenada. (laughs) See how we work that one out? What
1: did you think? Oh, absolutely. Oh, my Lord, can we talk about it? Talk about inclusion. It is the first man in a kilt at Eurovision. (laughs)
0: Absolutely.
1: Oh, my Lord. A kilt, a like George Lazenby, you know, frilly cravat shirt with like a military jacket with double brass buttons. Mm. Woo! But let's be honest. This is a man healthily singing about his emotions. Macho Europe was never going to be on board with that, regardless how
0: short his kilt was. Absolutely. Like, I'm just going to read you what I wrote here because you can see me literally move from one opinion to the other in this sentence. Quote What's with the beef eater costume? It's hideous. Wait, hang on. The camera zoomed out. Now I can see it's a kilt and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> That's how easily swayed I am by the Scots. Yeah. Song is lovely. His voice is strong as steel. And I just love Scotland with all my heart. Deserve better than ninth. Song eight. Performance eight. Fashion a nine for a 25. <laughs> oh. oh, Kathy Kirby's putting on her boxing gloves. That is also a 49.5 from the pair of us. Going to get real dicey, I think. Now, 1967, the UK sent a young lady named Sandy Shaw. With the song Puppet on a String, and after five runners-up, it's finally a winner's trophy for the United Kingdom, winning the contest seven from France, Norway, and Switzerland, five from Luxembourg, and threes from Austria, Belgium, Germany, and Monaco. The UK's first experiment with sending an established artist artist pop artist I know Matt Monroe obviously had his own success before uh to the contest it clearly worked for them barefoot carefree not a chanson such a different winner for Eurovision what did you think
1: oh look you know what I I don't know why but I like this one although there are times where I just simply cannot listen to it i totally agree with you (laughs) There's just times I'll just be at home and I'm like, yeah. And you're like, you do a little twirl and around the house and you're like, oh my God, this is so much fun. Other time it comes on and you're just like, piss off with your bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) I've never been so divided about a song myself within my own person.
0: Absolutely. Because it's never been one of my favorite winners, but for its time and its place, it was perfect for Eurovision, you know?
1: Oh, 100%, 100%. It's just, yeah, I think you've just got to be in the right mood to appreciate it. I think there are times, but then again, that's the same like with Arcade by Duncan Lawrence. There are times where I simply cannot bear to have it on and then there will be other times in life you can't bear to have any other song on. So, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Maybe that is the key to Eurovision, being desperately in love with it and hating it the next minute.
0: Ah, uh, the fashion here is fabulous. It, I really do want to see this in color one day. Like remaster the hell out of this one. Song eight, performance six, fashion a seven for a twenty-one.
1: Oh, okay, yeah. I'm I'm not that. F- I'm sort of in the same ballpark. Um, I give the song eight, performance seven point five, fashion seven point five,
0: for a twenty-three from you and a forty-four between the pair of us. Secretly, a big British Eurovision fan, Lizzie, aren't you? Now. <laughs> say such things about me i will see you in court sir 1968 it is obviously the first time the uk has hosted it's cliff richard with the song congratulations which finished a controversial second five from monaco four from france and switzerland three from sweden and of course there's a little bit of controversy 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 That's right, we've been here before. The sore loser accusations that this only lost because Spanish dictator Francisco Franco bought, quote-unquote, bought the juries, which have repeatedly been shown to be baseless. Like, this is not a true accusation. Um, And even the people who made the accusation were like, years later, ah, you know, I didn't really think that, blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, what did you think of congratulations?
1: Uh Oh, yeah, baby! Oh, my (laughs) Lord. You know what? This song, this performance, it's not just a song. This is an actual moment in time. This is everything from the 60s. This is everything that the world was feeling compressed into one little blue velvet with a lacy cravat Bubble. Of course, for those who didn't know it, this is the look that Mike Myers used to portray Austin Powers um, in right. the Austin Power movies. Oh, my Lord, this is such an iconic look. His performance with his little dad dancing all the way through it, this is so ridiculous. You cannot do anything but fall hopelessly in love with it. I love everything about this, and I'm
0: outraged he didn't win. Outraged! And here's the other great thing, colour. Colour was meant for this performance. Oh. Imagine this in black and white. It wouldn't have worked as well. You know what?
1: Colour in television wasn't discovered. It wasn't created. It was birthed by this performance.
0: <laughs> Put that in your science books. Absolutely. Actually, just mid-contest colleges happened. The world was actually in black and white. Like the actual world yes. in 1968 it's was like in black Wizard and white until Cliff got on the stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Very Dorothy. Very Dorothy. Um, I think it's a little bop, some funky dance moves and some delicious ruffles on that suit. It has all the elements of a winner. But it didn't win. I mean, that's just a fact that I think sometimes the UK gets more upset about with this than other countries do when they are like, we had a winner, we should have won, but we came second. Everyone's all like, just suck it up and deal with it. Anyway, I just think, I think the sore loser stuff, and I know it's not everyone. I know it's a few things. It's a story that just gets repeated, but it did did irk me a little bit. I got over it. I don't hold it against the song. Song seven, performance seven, fashion and eight for a 22.
1: Oh, I think this is a whole moment in time. When they talk about what shall we like throw up into space with the rockets, what should we send to Mars so the aliens there can look at it and they know not to eat us. <laughs> send this performance because you know what? The, the aliens are going to look at this and like me and like the rest of the world, except Franco, we are going to fall in love
0: and just give it
1: 12. Yeah, baby!
0: Yeah! Twenty-two from me, thirty-six from you, and a fifty-eight between us, just off an almost ultra perfect score. Ooh. And oh, hang on. Sorry, Kathy Kathy Kirby, I think look oh. behind you. Kathy Kirby is standing behind looking, you. I'm
1: not looking behind me, I'm looking I just I'm going for the door. Okay, just cover me. I'm going for the door. I'm going for the
0: door, I'm going for the door. Bye! Now, the UK did not win in 1968, but they did in 1969. They sent Lulu with the song Boom, Bang of Bang. And obviously, it is a tied winner. Five from Sweden, four from Luxembourg, and three from Italy. And I just want to play it again. We all know the story, but it's time for a little bit of... <gasps> controversy, controversy, controversy. Yet another controversy that obviously we've already covered, the four-way tie of 1969. I'm not going to get into it, but if we had the current rules, this would not have won Eurovision. France would have won Eurovision. In fact, under the 91 rules, France would have won 1969. They came second in the tie in 1991, but under the current rules, France would have won 1991. So rule changes have really fucked France over here a bit. Good. Take that, France. France. I love a little bit of Liz spite in the in the commentary. Uh, my second favorite British winner, I think. What did you think about Lulu?
1: Oh my lord! They were like, "Oh, the UK was like, we're just missing that one little special ingredient to make people love us and get the win." I know we'll try and sound like an Australian. It's like someone in the UK when they come out and try to ask for a boomerang. Can I get you boom, bagger, 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 boom, bagger, bagger, Ah uh, That's why they won. People thought, oh, it kind of reminds me of Australia. I'm voting for it. <laughs> you know what? It's, whenever I think of Lulu, I just picture her in absolutely fabulous.
0: Just... I was about to say my favorite thing about Lulu is that she's Eddie's client in our fab.
1: I know, and every time I watch it, whenever she pops up in an episode, I'm just like, babe, you won Eurovision. You can do better.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, come on, she represented pop specs. Like, (laughs) you can do better than Adina Monsoon. Anyway, Lulu is a charisma machine, and the 60s threads are just gorgeous. I Uh love this outfit. I love all the outfits on this stage. I love the little dance and the dramatic arm swing this is exactly what I want out of a 60s entry. This is my 60s compared to your Cliff Richard 60s. I think mm. we've both found entries that really represent what we want out of it. Very, very worthy winner. In fact, I think of the four that won that year. Mm. I can't say that because I love... Hierver, through, that, I, that, because I love value, that, that, anyway. no, that right? so, mm-hmm. you know too, you know, well, we'll but absolutely a worthy winner. Straight nines from me for a 27 out of 30. Oh,
1: boom, bang, a bang, get a gong.
0: Triple eight. Eight straight across the board for a 24. Plus my 27 is like a 51. And that is... The last song we're going to talk about tonight. are uh, top three tonight. In third place, it is a two-way tie between Kenneth McKellar and his kilt, and oh no, Kathy Kirby. We'll we'll let them box it out for who really comes third on a forty-nine point five. Our runner-up is Lulu, their winner from nineteen sixty-nine on and a fifty-one. France. out and front on a 51 out of 60 but our winner tonight on the back of a lot of austin bowers love from you Uh -uh. is sir cliff richards with congratulations on a 58 out of 60
1: that makes me so happy which means it's time for comment of the week oh yeah
0: Comment of the week, baby. Which song did you pick? I think I can guess.
1: Oh, my God. You know what? I didn't even. I didn't even go to you. Wow. Because, you know, I like to spice it up a bit. Plus, I couldn't because while I was uh, going through the videos, uh, I actually found this comment, which was on the second video I watched, which was 1959, Pearl Carr and Teddy Johnson with Sing Aww. Little Birdie. So our comment of the week is from oh, and you know they're English because they have three names, <laughs> obviously from the upper crust. She probably knows the Queen, Hillary Manning Donaldson.
0: That is a hell of a British name.
1: That is a character from Downton Abbey, isn't it? Sorry, Lady. I'm sure Kennedy it is, Manning Donaldson. Aha. <laughs> <laughs> oh. This gets comment of the week. In fact, this might be in the running for the ultimate all-time Eurovision comment of the week because...
0: That's a big call, Liz. One
1: of my favourite things is hearing the British complain about the British. (laughs) Because it's it's always fun and it's always filled with a lot of spite, okay? And I love it. It is. It's
0: always really venomous.
1: Yeah, nobody heckles the British like the British. I absolutely love it. So, okay, and remember, this was... So, this comment was um, was written f- fairly recently. um. But she's just put it on to, you know, compare, let's just say, Britain's modern performances with the older performances of 1959. And <laughs> Hilary Manning Donaldson has just looked at the history of Eurovision, of the UK at the Eurovision, and has just said... What has happened to the UK and the Eurovision Song Contest? 2022 is rubbish! It is an insult to all those who died in World War Two! <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Hillary Manning Donaldson, for coming in the way is she salty not only does she get to hang shit on the uk she gets to hang
0: shit on young people and she gets to mention the war i've heard the war invoked for a lot of reasons to complain this... about the modern era but not european entries <laughs> 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 this is
1: one of the greatest things i've ever read in my life. this is an insult
0: <laughs> i think that's my favorite comment of the week ever
1: The UK shines. It shines. Not love shines a light. Hate shines a light.
0: That is comment of the week, I'm assuming, Liz. Nothing can top that, can oh, it? Oh,
1: nothing. I didn't – I just like I said, the problem is just before we recorded, I had to go back and actually write down the name of who wrote this comment because when I read it, I was just like, oh, done. And I just turned off my computer and walked out of the room <laughs> when I was doing this because I'm just like, that is the greatest comment ever. Um, yeah, so thank you, uh, Lady Hillary Manning Donaldson and Pip.
0: Ah, uh, the dame herself. Hey, that's it for another week. We'll be back next Friday with the UK Part 2, 1970 through 1981. Uh, so there should be at least oh, a win or so in there. Um, uh, If you don't follow us on social media, please do, at Douze Poire Podcast on Facebook and on Instagram. Give us a review if you like us. Don't give us a review if you don't like us. Go review <laughs> another podcast. And if you do have a few spare bucks a month to chuck our way to keep us going, please do look us up on Patreon. You can find it in our link tree on Instagram. Other than that, I'm just going to chuck to Lizzie to sing us out.
1: Well, no, you, you know what? You, uh, I don't think we have time to sing. I'm just going to say Kathy Kirby. She might have heard. She's heard about the results and she's coming. Oh, my God. Fuck this. I'm out of here. Bye. Ah!
0: Shit! 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 Run, run. See you next week. Oh my God.